Hello and good evening, everybody. As promised, we want to delve into the legal intricacies of what could happen next with Russell Brand. And Jonathan Code has kindly volunteered some of his Sunday evening time with us to answer your questions. So whatever you've got, put them in the description box. I mean, I'm sorry, his uh, website is in the description box. Whatever questions you've got, put them in the chat. Wherever you are in the world watching this, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, we are going to be live and taking your questions. And the first question, and this one that I've got, firstly, I'd just like to thank Jonathan for coming on. And also, the thing that we're getting bombarded with right now, Jonathan, is whether this could become a criminal case. What would it take to trigger a criminal case? Does someone have to come forward and contact the police and say, Russell did ABC to me? Well, there are two ways. Uh, it could happen. The most likely way is someone makes a report to the police and the police, you, as you may know, have said, you know, will victims please come forward? And if if one of the victims does go forward, one of the, well, I think we should say alleged victims uh, should come forward. There's a lawyer in me. One of the alleged victims should come forward. Then the police will then go through their normal processes. They do an investigation. They send the, the fire case file off to the, the Crown Prosecution Service. Crown Prosecution Service makes a decision as to whether to, to charge Russell Brand or not. So um, uh, theoretically, you can bring a private prosecution. But if I was acting for one of Brand's alleged victims, and I wouldn't suggest that. I would suggest you just sue him. You, you sue him for assault. It is a straightforward um, civil claim for assault. Uh, the balance of probabilities test in the civil action is much easier than the... Um, beyond reasonable doubt tests and criminal uh, pr proceedings. So um, bring a bring a, a straightforward um, civil claim would be my advice. First question is from Angela Thompson. Thank you, Angela. Why has this been taken to the press instead of the police? Is this trial by media? Well, the, Angela's asked a really good question. Uh, and in case it's of interest to Angela, uh, um, because it's such a good question, for all the 30 years I've been a media lawyer, I've both acted for broadcasters, publishers, I've legal out film, television programmes, you, you name it, uh, newsprint, books, whatever. And I've acted for an army of celebrities as well. So I've really seen this from both sides. I, I'm wary of trial by media um, because the... I regret to say people tend to jump in and say, oh, well, there's no smoke without fire and all this kind of thing. When we know from from um, uh, uh, Kevin Spacey and from Hugh Edwards that there quite often can be a lot of smoke with no fire at all. So the question, I think, comes down to this. Uh, should the media be allowed to throw these allegations out prior to the police having looked at them and decide whether there's any merit to them and arguably they shouldn't but it, it's a very very difficult question because you know we we are blessed by having a free media of course uh, some elements of the media abuse their privilege but it, a free media is incredibly important but on the other hand the damage that was done for example to Ken, Kevin Spacey's career was catastrophic and it turns out that 
according to the, the forensic criminal process, he wasn't guilty of any of the allegations made against him. So he's suffered, quite wrongly, terrible reputational damage. So we saw that the police, London Metropolitan Police, have said that they watched the allegations and they're asking if anyone has allegedly had this stuff happen to them to come forward. Do we know whether anyone has come forward? And can it go just from the allegations being published by the media to a criminal case, or do they, they physically need a person? Okay, forgive me, Sean, I didn't answer that question. So for the police to take action, yes, there needs to be a complaint. Um, so someone, so I, I think there were four alleged victims in the um, Times and Channel 4. And, and, you know, I cut my teeth as a young lawyer doing work for dispatches. It's a cracking, it's a really, really good outfit. Very tough lawyers who look after it. I also know the Times legal team. And they're pretty smart cookies as well. It's it's difficult for dispatches and the um, the Times to 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 make the to take the initiative because they've taken statements they've they've um, interviewed people on the basis they will remain anonymous so they can't really pass the files to the police so it's really down to those who say they've been assaulted by Brand to go to the police. Um, so we'll have to see whether any of them do. If none of them do, does that open the Times and Channel 4 up to defamation and libel? Well, no, it, it, it doesn't. And I'm going to do my utmost, Sean, not to give mm. you and your viewers a law lecture. <laughs> but the... Um, I don't know how closely people have followed it, but uh, it, it, what, what, uh, when, in fact, when I my first interview about this before the the when Brand had just done his own video, I, you know, I'm not guilty. I explained that what must have happened is that it, that in in recent days, Brand must have had a letter from dispatches and from the Times saying we're going to make these allegations against you. How are you going to respond? Now, uh, and we now know that that was done eight days before, and that will be driven by dispatches because it's fundamentalist to this is understanding the difference between the way broadcasters are regulated and where the way the print press is regulated. Uh, broadcasters are regulated by Ofcom, and Ofcom's Section 7 of their rules requires that anyone who's going to get pooed on by a broadcaster has got to have a fair degree of notice about it, sorry, prior to it. So the eight days will have been a dispatches team making sure that that box is ticked. So um, we've, we've got a situation where they've done what was required of them by Ofcom. Um, the newspaper will have also given notice to Russell Brand. So to answer the question as whether they are vulnerable to libel action, the answer is, in realistic terms, no. Because the um, 2013 Defamation Act has, a, as one of its defences, this is at Section 4, what's no, what we call a public interest defence. And in order to get that defence, which applies even if the allegations are A, defamatory, 
and untrue, and I'm going to repeat that because it's so astonishing, the defence applies, even if they are defamatory and untrue, then there is a full defence, in this case for the Times and for, this, for, the, for, for Channel 4 and the dispatches, because all that's required is for them to prove, A, that the matter was a, something of public interest, which it plainly was, and B, that they reasonably believed that the subject matter of their publication broadcast was in the public interest. Well, they're going to pass those with flying colours. And what that means is that Russell Brand is left without a remedy. Now, my own view is that there is something wrong about that, but I'm in a minority of media lawyers. Um, but he, he, I'd be astonished if he hasn't lawyered himself up with, you know, big, burly, hairy-chested lawyer, a little bit like me, um, although I'm not acting for him. Um, and I imagine that that um, in the run-up to this programme, Channel 4 and The Times were warned that they may get sued. But in practical terms, for the reasons I've explained, any defamation claim is likely to fail. That's absolutely flabbergasting. So if there are no consequences then for them, doesn't that mean they can go a little bit further than they should and take extra risks? Sean, listen, you know, if, if you and I were sitting in a good Indian restaurant sipping a beer, which would be <laughs> splendid, I could explain this in more detail. But let, let me, let, again, I'm going to trust you to tell me to shut up when I'm getting boring. I completely agree with you. Now, this defence was originally what we call a common law defence, which means it was created by judges. It was created by the House of Lords in a case of Reynolds and the Times in 1999. Now, when the uh, Defamation Act was brought in, it was then, they, they, it abolished the old common law judge-made defence and it turned it into the Section 4. Now, I have never understood uh, how this can possibly be right. And I think I'm the only, and God forgive me, it sounds immodest, senior Premier League lawyer who's who's written both in academic and non-academic um, contexts that this is this is wrong. It must be wrong. So let, let me let me give you a, an example. Let's say Sean. Well, I mean, it's it's not very far from from um, from uh, Russell Brand, but you know, Sean, you wake up tomorrow morning. And, you know, you look on your news apps. Well, actually, you'd have known it in advance. OK, so you wake up tomorrow morning, letter from, say, the Daily Mail. Uh, we're going to say you're, if you'll forgive me, you, 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 you're, you're a seriously bad person and you've done this, that and the other. Once that's done and you write back and say it's not true, as long as they put in the article, you know, Sean Atwood was approached with, with the comment, and denied it, then you are without a remedy. Now, wow, it, it, it is honestly that serious. But let me let me expand it again slightly. So, one, you don't have a remedy, and the, the consequences may be catastrophic for you. And I've acted for clients where the consequences are absolutely catastrophic in those circumstances. But all, but equally important is this: is that the law of defamation served as a kind of um, safety system, whereby if allegations were made against people or indeed companies, 
who were in the public eye, if the allegations were untrue, then you and or a company could go to a court, get in front of a judge and say this is untrue. Now, that was a benefit not only to you, but also the general public. Because as, as judges have said, there's no benefit to the public in being misled. So in the case of Russell Brand, let's say that all the allegations are untrue. We, we cannot know whether they are or they're not. But the, the position is that whether they're untrue or not, Russell Brand, on the current state of the law, cannot go and get himself vindicated. So on a matter of high public interest, even if all of this is wrong, and therefore people have been misled on a matter of public interest, there is no remedy. Now, my own view is that is a crazy state of the law. And it's a very bad situation to be in. So next question pertains to the statute of limitations. Um, these things, much time has passed. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be punished legally. So I think the question is, should he be punished when these things happened so long ago? Well, my, my own view is that, that, he, that he should. Let's assume that these allegations are true. Um, let, and um, I, I think he should. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a devout Christian. Um, we, we need a good, effective legal system. And if he is someone who abuses women, well, he needs to be taken out because women should not, in the entertainment anywhere else, should not be subjected to abuse. Absolutely not. You know, I have a lovely daughter. I mean, you know, it, it is apps. If he's guilty of these things, he should be held to account 100%. And whether it happened a year ago, six years ago, 10 years ago, to me is irrelevant. What this, this, what Daniel may be thinking about, and maybe, and, and I'm not criticizing him because he's not a lawyer and I am, but the, the, that there are two ways in which Russell Brand could be held to account to this. And the two are not mutually exclusive. They can run side by side. So either the state can intervene and say, right, Russell Brand, we've looked at the evidence. We've heard statements from people who say you have assaulted them and we're going to take you through a criminal process. And then they'll go in front of a jury and the jury will decide on the not on on the um, basis of beyond reasonable doubt whether he's guilty and if he's guilty he is likely to and should go to jail now so far as the passing of time is concerned a civil claim is different so this would be an assault um, personal injury claim and the normal limitation period for those claims is six years so it looks as though um, that the 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 six-year limitation period would mean that civil claims are ruled out however the Limitation Act, which governs uh, different claims, and what the Limitation Act is, it sets different times for different claims. So, for example, defamation claim has to be brought within a year. This kind of claim would be six years. So on basic principles, yes, Brand would not be able to be sued in the civil courts where the test is on the balance probabilities because it looks as though it's more than six years ago. However, the Limitation Act does allow the courts a discretion to set aside that limitation period. So if someone were to sue him, and one of the 
preliminary issues which a judge would have to determine whether this was one of these circumstances where the limitation period as a matter of justice, basic justice, should be set aside. It's very much in discretion of the judge as to which way he or she goes. But it, it is certainly possible that a successful civil claim might be brought, even though that much time has passed. So we've been asked whether there is an actual statute of limitations on the claims. Not, 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 not for prosecuting, not for criminal actions. No, because and, and, and quite rightly so. So, for example, you know, until recently, people who were guards in concentration camps were um, charged. Uh, not obviously in, the, in in this country, but in other countries. And my own view is that that's absolutely right. You know, anyone who's presided over the killing the attempted annihilation of entire race, the fact that it's happened 40 or 50 years ago doesn't mean they shouldn't be held to account. I know people take different views, but but that that's my view. So there is no limitation um, for um, uh, serious criminal offence. My phone is ringing downstairs. I don't quite know why, but I apologise for noises off. <laughs> so one of the allegations pertained to an actual physical assault and Paul is wondering whether there will be medical evidence somewhere to substantiate that claim well in in one of the claims and I, I um the the times has said that it has medical evidence uh to support that so um yes i mean Rape is a horrendous and appalling crime. And generally speaking, as, as I understand, I mean, I'm not a criminal lawyer, I'm a, I'm a media lawyer. But uh, it, it, as I understand it, if, if a woman has been raped, then it's within the expertise of a doctor to, to, to examine the lady and say, yes, there is evidence that this woman has been raped. All right. So Nicole has said... There doesn't need to be a complainant. Think about the police finding a body knife in the heart who's the complainant. But there's no, when there's no physical evidence, there has to be a complainant, doesn't there? Well, Nicol, first of all, my apologies. I'm a um, specialist media lawyer rather than a criminal lawyer. You, you, you raise a good point. <laughs> if, 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 if the police find someone dead with a knife in their heart, but I think that's different because from a rational point of view, someone who's been murdered can't turn up at the police station. Oh, by the way, someone's killed me. So I, I, I think in those circumstances, the police will take a pragmatic view and say, well, someone's dead. There's a knife in their heart. Assuming that we rule out suicide, well, it's quite difficult to commit suicide, I think, by stabbing yourself in the heart with a knife. Then I think in those circumstances, that the the approach will be different, but as again, you know, I I'm not an expert in the criminal law, but as as I have some experience of clients who've been the wrong end of assaults, normally celebrity clients, and in my experience, from a practical perspective, if the police don't have someone who will stand in a witness box and say I was assaulted by X, then they'll take the view that they can't really get the prosecution off the ground so they're you know then they're not going to proceed so we've got two thousand people watching live right now if you've jumped on the stream jonathan is with us he's a media lawyer we're discussing the legal 
ramifications following the dispatches show last night pertaining to Russell Brand. If you have any questions of a legal angle, please put them in the chat and we'll put them to Jonathan. So next question is from Margaret, and she's wondering whether in, in these cases, whether some of these people who are alleged victims are incentivized by offers of cash or revenge. Well, I, I saw to add that Jonathan will do his very best to answer the questions, but Jonathan is a media lawyer rather than a criminal lawyer. So, um, guys, I, I will I will do my do my best. So, is it? Uh, I'm going to put the question in a slightly different way. Are sometimes allegations made in circumstances where there is a financial incentive? And the answer to that question, I regret to say, is yes. And there are two sources of financial incentive. Some of Fleet Street titles, but I think it's generally not so the times, but some Fleet Street titles, especially, and it tends to be either the male titles or the sun titles or the mirror titles, will pay money for stories. So th there are, I, I regret to say, there are situations where someone piggybacks on a story and make something up i've encountered this in my own practice actually quite recently where an allegation is made up either to, to 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 sell to a newspaper or in the hope of bringing a a claim against someone like russell brand and in the hope that the defendant to the claim russell brand will settle by writing a check. Now, in, in a recent case uh, where I was acting for a celebrity was the wrong side of this. But one of the very fun things that I do occasionally is you know, put my Sherlock Holmes hat on. And I was able to, to track down, to be very careful here, um, the allega allegation concerned the, an, a participation by this individual in a, prog in a program. So I was able to, uh, with a little, little bit of sleuthing, well, I was given the date of the programme and with a bit, bit of sleuthing, I was able to establish that at the time where the client of mine was alleged to have sorted this individual, uh, the individual was being uh, was on uh, view on a te television programme in the north of England and my client was doing a live television program at the same time in the south of England. So I saw the claim off. Now, if I hadn't been able to do that, it would have been a very difficult situation. So there, there are people, I regret to say, who are, you know, like vultures come in and, and try and make money out of a difficult situation. So it does happen. Wasn't that the case with, I think it was Jimmy Savile's niece? Because people were getting compensation, and she ended up getting in uh, trouble with the police because she tried to claim that he'd done something to her. Did you hear that one? I'm really sorry. I'm not familiar with that story. All right. Next question is from Blackie. How can Russell get a fur hearing if anything becomes a legal case with all this strewn all over the media, all over the world? Blackie, it's a very good. It's a very good question. And again, I'm going to divide the criminal process from the civil process. Uh, 
So, so far as the criminal process is concerned, this is, these will be serious allegations. They will be tried in the, in the Crown Court. So there are two ways that criminal actions can be tried in the Magistrates Court, where it's just a magistrate. <laughs> so sorry. Or the Crown Court, where there's a judge and a jury. So. If there's a Crown Court trial and the judge will say, you must, must try this case on the basis only of the evidence in front of, front of you. But jurors are, you know, human beings and that may not be easy for them. I mean, that, and there are occasions, in fact, relatively recently, where a solicitor who should have known better decides to do their own research and starts chatting to the jury well i've done this research and you know what i've learned is this that solicitor ended up in jail which is exactly where it should have ended up because it was a very silly thing to do it it is certainly open and it happens i think more in america than the uk for the defendant's lawyers to say a, 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 a fair trial is not possible and and on that basis there shouldn't be a, a trial. Now, judges are very, very reluctant, obviously, to accept that submission. But it, it, Blackie raises a, a very good point. And um, obviously, Russell Brand's chances of a fair trial are to some extent at risk because of all this publicity, which is not going to end. I can absolutely assure you it's going to it's going to run for days and days and days because all the newspapers will be out there looking for a, a russell brand victim and it's it'll it'll go on for at least a fortnight i would guess and obviously most of the people who be jurors will, will have seen this so far as a civil trial is concerned well that's not heard by a jury in america they are heard by juries in the in the uk it's judge alone no judge is going to take a blind bit of notice with the utmost respect to Channel 4 and the Times. He's not going to take a blind bit of notice of what Channel 4 and the Times says. And the judge will simply determine the outcome of any civil claim on the basis of the evidence which is played out in court. Question from UP. If there is physical evidence as well as testimony, is Russell Brand done for? Well, it, forgive me, RB, um, um, sorry, uh, um, UUP, forgive me. It, it depends on what physical evidence there is. I mean, one of the problems with rape is there's normally not very much physical evidence. Now, obviously, if a rape victim goes to a police station and is examined by a doctor, then there is although that's evidence only that she's been raped rather than who raped her. But obviously that's powerful stuff. But it's the nature. I mean, I have been contacted today by a celebrity client of mine, long celebrity, standing celebrity client of mine, who has told me that she visited Arby's home was assaulted and fled from his home. So, and you may read about this in, in the next few days, but, but my point is, is that one of the problems for women who are the victims of this kind of assault 
is that that they find it very shaming and very difficult to talk about it. And some of them would rather rush home, cry bitter tears, have a bark, wash themselves rather than go through. I mean, imagine you've, you've suffered the most appalling, dreadful um, invasion of your privacy, of your body and the most vile, appalling abuse at, at the hands of someone. How keen are you going to be to go to your local police station and relive all this in front of a police officer? However sensitive they are, you can absolutely understand why women don't want to do this. So one of the reasons why rape is so difficult is this very rarely is, is there evidence. And in, in the end, the jury has to decide, well, is the man telling the truth who says it's all consensual, it's all consensual? Is the woman telling the truth, saying all that, that all that it isn't? And unfortunately, there are instances where re I regret to say the man lies, and there are also incidents where the woman lies. And it is very, very difficult for a jury to make a decision either way. Jonathan, do you need to get a glass of water? Are you okay? I've got a glass of water. You got one? Okay, I thought yeah, you I heard the hiccups there. All right, so PM79. I don't understand why these details are printed in the media before any investigation has happened. How can any proper investigation occur once all the details are in the public eye? Well, PM79, if you're talking about a police investigation, I, I, if you'll forgive me, I disagree. There is no impediment to a police investigation by this. If you're a, I mean, the, the lawyers over at the at dispatches and the lawyer lawyers over at um, at, at the Times, as I say, I cut my teeth doing work with dispatches, and I know the Times legal team. They will have done their work carefully. They will have sat these dear ladies down. Uh, I imagine that they will have done a video interview. Um, they will certainly have taken what we call a witness statement. And that information could be very helpful to the police. So if one of these ladies went to the, decided to go to the police, then I imagine the police will say to Channel 4 and or the Times, well, you know, you've done an interview with her. Can we either have the video and or the transcript? So that there is there is no difficulty for the police in following these investigations up using their own um, investigative powers, which obviously are, are greater, and their own expertise, which are also greater. Because with no disrespect to journalists and lawyers, uh, as I understand it, interviewing people who are possible rape or assault victims is requires a great deal of skill and and delicacy. So I, I don't think that there is a problem for the police in, in this. So Jane has got a follow-on question from what you said earlier about Russell not having an option to do libel or defamation. And she's wondering whether this means the media can print anything about anyone and suffer no consequences. Jane, you, you, you ask a very good question. And... Uh, God forbid that I should inflict this on you, but I've been writing articles, mainly academic articles, 
um, in academic, uh, quite quite important academic um, per periodicals, publications, making the point that this defence is madness. How, I ask, and I've asked QCs and we must call them KCs and other people, how, how, how can it be in the public interest? Because that's the effect of this defence. For something which is in the public interest, which is nonetheless wrong, to be immune from correction by the courts. Because if Russell Brand were to sue Channel 4, all the times, and I imagine he won't. Certainly, if he was my client, I'd, I'd advise him not to because he'd lose. But even if he did sue the Times and all the Channel 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 Four, all that a judge would determine at the end of that claim, assuming that they run the public interest defence, is whether the public interest defence is made out or not. I.e., was the publication something of public interest? A and B did the publisher or broadcaster believe that it was a matter of public interest. So even if Brand wins, what use is that to Brand or anybody? The one thing that the courts will not determine is whether those allegations are true or not. Now, I think that's absolute utter madness. And as I say, I've jumped up and down ever since the, 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 the Reynolds defence in 1990-2000. So that's you know, for 30, more than 30 years, I've been, you know, a voice crying in the wilderness saying this is madness. So the, the it, it isn't quite that simple. They, they can print anything about anyone. There are certain strictures. And, you know, um, yeah, as a reputation management lawyer, and I've acted for lots of celebrities, forgive me, I've, I don't mean to brag, but lots of celebrities, lots of large companies, and I can see things getting darker. I'll put the light on a minute, Sean. Uh, and I have managed to stop things being published by using the skills that I have. But is there, is there, a, um, is there a problem with a law? Yes, I believe there is. And I'm going to, if I may, I'm going to give, a, give you a, a, a stark example. So uh, some of you may remember that there was an enormous scandal um, about... 10 odd years ago, because that in a prison called Abu Ghraib, um, prisoners from the Iraq war were abused, uh, I regret to say, by their jailers. Um, I think, and I don't want to be too hard on the I think, as I understand it, that they were American jailers. Now, that was an in, quite rightly an enormously high profile news story because it is absolutely shocking way, way to behave. You, you know, it, it, it should not have happened. Now, at around that time, The Guardian, obviously who have, I'm, I'm a great fan of The Guardian, generally speaking, but they obviously have a very strong political agenda. So The Guardian run a story where they, they accuse a British army officer called Colonel Campbell James of being one of those people who abused prisons in Abu Ghraib, sorry, prisoners in Abu Ghraib prison. But let's just pause there a minute. Okay, that's a very serious allegation against him. It places him in physical danger. It places his family in physical danger. In fact, they had to go into hiding. 
But it's also a very serious allegation against his regiment, very serious allegation against the British Army. And there are British Army people in Helmand province, province who are, you know, targets as a result of this, and a very serious allegation against the British government. So it is hard to imagine a more serious allegation. Campbell James instructs solicitors, and they write to the Guardian. What does the Guardian say? Well, the Reynolds defence, the precursor to the, the Section 4 defence. You know, we, we did a bit of investigation. Uh, we think it was a public interest in publishing. Well, here's the truth. Not only was Campbell James not in Iraq, in, in, sorry, in, in Abu Ghraib at the, at the time, he wasn't even in Iraq at the time. And the, the Guardian, to its great discredit, what I have to say, which it is acknowledged was wrong at the time, would not publish a correction and apology. Now, in the end, they, they caved in and they backed down and they paid him damages. But that illustrates how badly wrong that the law is about this. My own view is, but I'm in a minority, I have to say, my own view is that this defence should only go to the issue of damages. So if a newspaper or a broadcaster in good faith publishes allegations which turn out to be wrong, then it makes complete sense to me, if they think they're acting in the public interest, that the, the, the damages which they pay may be significantly reduced. But what it should not mean is that people like Colonel Campbell James, and, and if Russell Brand is innocent, Russell Brand, what it should not mean is they those people cannot go in front of a court and get a finding that they are not guilty of these allegations. And not only is that an injustice to them, but we as a nation need to have a system whereby if the press or the broadcasters get it wrong, then a judge can put it right. So I'm sorry to get my soapbox, but Jane, oh, I... I'm com completely with you on that one. I'm just going to switch my light on, Sean. Hang on. Thanks very much. Yeah, the viewers are demanding it. And while he's switching his light on, I shall put up the next question. Please like, share, subscribe, help us with the algorithm. Next question is from Ninf of Seven. What should Russell do legally now to clear his name? If you were on his legal team, what would you be telling him? Very good question, Ninf of Seven. It's very, very difficult. I've had this conversation many, many times with clients. He, let's assume for the, for the sake of this conversation, let's say that these allegations, let's assume these allegations are untrue. So one of the things which I have discussed with clients and their agents, normally I, I normally if I've, in a situation like this, and I've done lots of Russell Brands, type situations actually not in the sense I, I actually not in the sense of people who've been accused of rape but people have been accused of doing bad things by the media so you know being there got all the t-shirts so one of the things which we invariably consider is whether to go on the front foot and now of course with the social media I don't know what brands following is but um that the, the power that, that is available to someone who's high profile via their social media presence is incomparably greater. Well, the social media didn't exist when, when I started out as a media lawyer. So he's, he's 
decided to to um, go in hard. He's timed it well. You know, about 24 hours before the the, the program, before the you know, he's gone in and said, "I'm not guilty. I'm not guilty." Okay, so probably the right thing to do. I can tell you that as a lawyer, he, 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 you cannot get an injunction to stop defamation. So in case anyone is asking, uh, you can't. It's a little bit more complicated than that. But broadly speaking, it's nearly impossible to get an injunction to stop defamation. Uh, and if I was his lawyer, I would have said, no, we haven't got, there's no way we're going to get an injunction. Um, so the... Um, the options he now has, again, I'm really keen not to give you a law lecture. How 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 would anyone want one on a Sunday evening? But there are broad, there are there are there, or, or ever, incidentally, um, there are broadly speaking, there are three possible claims which Russell Brand has, and this came up, and I was interviewed a lot around the Hugh Edwards case, who was someone wrongly accused by the Sun. And in case anyone knows, think is in the doubt whose fault, who's who's at fault here? Was it the BBC or the Sun? It was the Sun. You know, absolutely at fault on that one. So there are three. I would. So if you, Russell Brown, sitting next to me, I say, right, Russell, okay, you've you've got three options. You've got a you've got a defamation claim, which is going to fail for the reasons that I've explained. There is no way you're going to succeed in that. You've got. Funnily enough, a privacy claim. Now, you may think, how come? Well, the answer to that, it actually goes back to the, to the Cliff Richard case. Cliff Richard was, was effectively wrongly accused by the BBC of, of you know, being, being in some way uh, in possession of child porn images. I mean, a, a catastrophe for Sir Cliff, for whom, of, of whom I'm a great fan. I'm like him, I'm a devout Christian. And I've seen interviews with him, and it was a disaster to, 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 to that man. And the BBC quite rightly got went down for substantial damages. And the, the, there is a, a line of cases which is controversial, which says that while you're um, while there is no so if you can imagine. Why there are allegations against you which are not yet the subject of an arrest or a charge, then you enjoy in your circle of privacy a right for those allegations not to be published. Now, quite how that applies in this kind of situation, we're not quite sure because it's a relatively new chain of cases. But theoretically, and I'm sure, I mean, the, the, the head of legal over at the time is a lady called Pierce Armour, very, very nice lady who I know. I don't know who the current head of legal over at Channel 4 is, but they will be very tough cookies because the Channel 4 lawyers don't take any prisoners. They will have thought this out. And sometimes it requires some courage by newspapers of broadcast, you know, the, the courage which wasn't shown around Jimmy Savile, for example. So the third possibility is um, what we call a data protection claim. So there, there, there are a couple of statutes which have been enacted to protect your personal data. And again, I'll try and keep this as simple as possible. But you, you are entitled to protection to, to the misuse of your personal data, it being what we call 
processed unlawfully. So in this case, brand's data is on the Sunday Times and Times service and on the Channel 4 service. Now, according to the law, if it's on the service, it's being processed. Obviously, the visual um, evidence of being processed is the, the program and the, the, um, the, the, the articles, but it's being processed. And so brand's lawyers could bring a claim against the Times and against the um, Channel 4 that the, his, his, his data is being unlawfully processed. Now, the, the safeguard in that is that if you're going to bring a DPA claim like that, the onus is on you to prove that the allegations are not true. Now, that is not going to be easy for Brand because it's very difficult to prove a, prove a negative. So I, I, I suspect that my advice would be that the DPA claim uh, would probably fail as well. Brand may decide that the, the legal route, I mean, the, the problem with about a legal route is it goes wrong, it makes things worse. So it's very difficult because, you know, you, you, you need to, one of the, my jobs is to meet the client, you know, hopefully get a feel for them and use your instincts, hopefully which you develop over the time, you know, as to whether to be blunt, this client's telling you the truth or not. But uh, the short point, there is no easy way that that um, Brand can clear his name. And for the reasons that I've explained, I think that that's wrong. And the state of the law has robbed him of, of the possibility of doing that. And I think that's that's the law gone wrong. So if clearing his name is the best case scenario, what is the worst case scenario? He ends up in jail. He ends up in jail. How much, the, the, how, much time, how much time could you get for these kinds of allegations? Well, uh, so let me go back. The Met has said, you know, if other people have got claims, sorry, have got allegations against him, please come forward. Now, Brand spent quite a lot of time in the States. So there may be people in the States who would say that he was assaulted. If he is found guilty of multiple charges of rape and sexual assault, again, forgive me, I'm not a media lawyer. Sorry, I'm not a criminal lawyer. But I imagine that he will go down and quite rightly, he will go to jail for a, a respectable number of years, you know, perhaps five or 10 years. And if he has done that, then that is absolutely the right thing. Assaulting women is absolutely a no-no. And if that's what he's done, he should be inside jail. Yeah, on this channel, we're campaigning for increased sentences for people who commit crimes against women and kids. So I, I agree with you there. Next question is from TJ. How can someone with personal experience come forward without being sued or attacked? It depends. Um, therapeutic junkie, dear lady. It depends what you mean by coming forward. If coming forward means that you go to the police, then you are absolutely 
protected. First of all, your identity is protected by statute. So, you know, even if there are court hearings, your identity will be protected. And that's a, that works very well, because if you don't, if a newspaper publishes your details uh, as part of this, that's a contempt of court. And at the very least, they're going to get fined and theoretically could go to jail. So if if by coming forward, you, you mean going to the police, then you, you have com as complete protection as realistically you can. If you stand in front of a television camera or you go to a newspaper and you say, Russell Brand raped me or whatever, then theoretically, yes, he can sue you for libel. Um, and I imagine that, um, well, if a client comes to me in those circumstances, then that's a warning I'm going to ha have to give them, that uh, that there is that risk that, that Russell Brand, uh, who's obviously not short of the odd bob, will send in, you know, some size 10 Doc Martin wearing lawyer, a little bit like me, um, and sue a woman who may quite legitimately and properly um, make a complaint. I mean, my own strong advice to, to, to someone who's been a brand victim is, is go to the police. Um, yes, because then you, you, you have a good chance of holding this man to account. I'm sure they won't be the only one. Uh, and you do a public service because if brand is guilty of this, he should be taken out of circulation. He should be in jail. So Jay has said, how can anyone know what actually happened unless they were in the room with them? And I'd like to add to that, with Heard versus Depp, we saw Amber Heard come up with excruciating, detailed allegations. How common is it that, you know, things are manufactured to that fine detail? Well, there are two questions, really, Sean, Eve. But one is, how can anyone know what happens in a room? And, of course, in one sense, nobody can. The only people know will be the, the alleged perpetrator and the alleged victim. And that makes um, rape trials extraordinarily difficult. And female rape victims will be cross-examined, as I think they have to be, robustly. And that is the most, must be the most, I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, I have been cross-examined a couple of times. In, in court but then I'm you know I'm a rhinoceros hide lawyer so you know I should be fine but you know someone who's been asked to relive the most appalling violation in a court of law in front of a jury in front of you know an army of people they don't know I mean it's the most extraordinarily traumatic experience but on the other hand if there isn't a criminal process which is effective then there will be people who are jailed for rape who shouldn't be jailed for rape. I think your se your second question: How common is it that for people to come forward when they're uh, wrongly? Well, I I've kind of already answered that. You know, I I've acted for more than one celebrity client where someone has made an allegation against them, and this has happened quite recently in my my practice where. Uh, after a bit of forensic examination, it's quite clear that this allegation is is unfounded and people will either do it because they're fantasists or because they want publicity or because they want money.
Um, so those who make these programs and um, publish these stories, hopefully take a lot of care because the, the, the consequences of being wrongly accused can be catastrophic. As I say, Kevin Spacey ruined his career. Hugh Edwards ended up in a psychiatric ward but through, through all of this. One of my clients was Caroline Flack, took her own life. I, I've, you know, I've had, I think I counted it up the other day. I think I've had six clients of mine who've attempted suicide of which mercifully only one has succeeded. Um, so allegations made against individuals in the media, which are not true, can be utterly devastating for those who are the victims of those allegations. All right, next question is from Jay, and it's all these comments about women throwing themselves at him don't excuse his actions. Do you not question that due to, the, to this fact, he thought everything was for the taking? I, I agree, of, of course. Um, he, he, there was a time when he was the toast of, of everywhere, successful in the UK and successful in, 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 in America. And there will have been, and I, I try to say this as carefully as I can, there will have been attractive young ladies who, who were very strongly drawn to him. And so, you know, according to his own accounts, he was very promiscuous at the time. Obviously, in those circumstances, again, forgive me, pausing to choose my words carefully. In those circumstances, there will have been situations where, and I'm not justifying this at all, where he will have become so um, intoxicated by his own power over women that you can imagine that that led him to cross boundaries and make presumptions which he should not have made. And when we've seen it, you know, not just with Russell Brand, if the allegations are true, but, you know, it's common enough, you know, ever, ever since... R. Kelly. Well, yes, but, you know, there, there, there are so many of them. Yes, R. Kelly indeed. But, you know... Allegations were made against Elvis Presley. Um, I'm going back, you know, to Jerry Lee Lewis, um, who was a fantastic piano player in the rock and roll years. Um, so you can be, you know, you can get drunk with your fame and drunk with your power over women. And that can, and it doesn't excuse it, but what that can do is to immune you or make it more difficult to recognize no being no. And it's not a new thing, you know, it, it, it power, I think uh, it was a Labour Party journalist, Labour Party journalist, nonsense, sorry, cabinet minister, and I, I can't remember his name at the moment, 
who said power is the great aphrodisiac, which it is. You know, and Russell Brand was a good-looking chap to, to some people. He was outrageous. He was fun. He was uh, wild. He will have had an army of female admirers, uh, and some of them will have been um, consensual to sex, and some some won't. And Russell Brand appears not to have made a proper distinction between those who were and those who weren't, if the allegations are true. But Nikki's wondering whether the alleged victims can sue the channels for letting this happen because it's obvious they knew this was happening when they banned women from working with him. Well, Nikki, the only thing I would say is, you know, as someone who's made a creature for 30 years, it is said in the media that they were banned. And if you'll forgive me, I, that doesn't necessarily mean that he was. But let's assume that he was. You're, you're absolutely right. It's perfectly possible for um, the uh, those who owe a duty of care, and the duty of care is a very difficult legal concept to explain, but there, there are certainly circumstances where if someone was, say, participating in a in a show, let's give it, let's give an, let's give an a, a, a more easy example. I don't know the exact circumstances. Actually, we we can use Russell Brand. So, so Russell Brand making a television program. There'll be you know a a, a team of people who are responsible for for getting that program on air. And if the, the the broadcaster knows that Brand is is an abuser of women, and despite that knowledge, allows Brand access during the course of the program being made to young women, and he uh, misuses that access to assault them, then yes, it is perfectly possible for the broadcast to be sued. It'll be an insured risk. And the, the reality is that insurers don't like trials. So if someone comes forward and makes a credible claim against Channel 4 or BBC 2, as I understand the main broadcasters, then the likelihood is that, um, again, I've been around this kind of thing. I, I've acted for broadcasters for you know, 30 plus years. Um, that it is a viable claim and my guess is it would be settled. Isn't it a bit bizarre that Channel 4 were paying him to act up and, you know, monetizing his misogynistic jokes back around the Big Brother era? They were part of it. They're encouraging it and rewarding him for it. But now Channel 4 is going after him and adding that behavior to the claims against him. Listen, um, is the media always responsible and how it deals with people, of course, it, it isn't. I mean, Channel 4 is a broadcaster, and the broadcasters are regulated differently from Fleet Street. And as a with my reputation lawyer hat on, for every problem I have with a broadcaster, I'll have 30 with, a, with newspapers. Channel 4 has an excellent record. You know, Dispatches is a fantastic program. Channel 4 has an excellent record of bringing high-quality 
content to the screen and it's it's a public service broadcaster unlike ITV will they have got things wrong well of course they have you can't make as many programs as Channel 4 makes and not get things wrong and will they have occasionally wanted to turn a blind eye to someone who's drawing huge numbers of viewers to their screen well yes and I'm not saying that the allegations against Channel 4 are soundly based but you know does every broadcaster always get it right no obviously they don't you know the bbc got it wrong with martin bashir with jimmy savile with rolf harris and it will always be uh, difficult for them to get everything absolutely right um, but i i just think we should remember how much fantastic content that Channel 4 has produced over the years. And that's to say that they're justified in getting things wrong, but, you know, they are a net big plus to the country. And I just don't want your, your viewers to forget that. Which ties in nicely for, to the next question, which is from Steve. If dispatches started in 1987, why do you think they didn't go after Savile, Harris or Hall? That's uh, it. It's a hard one. I mean, the thing is, if you're a periodic um, news program, you you can't. It's like saying, and, and I'm not, and uh, Steve, I'm not criticising you at all. But you know, we we have a police service. You know, can they catch every criminal? No, they can't. They don't have the resources to do it. Now, that there are. Let's let's take Jimmy Savile. It may be that, that no one told them that, that they didn't have a source to say, you know, Savile's a monster. So if they didn't know that Savile's a monster, well, they can hardly be blamed for not going after them. Um, Savile, as I understand it, tended to get lawyered up big time. So when you're a... Um, Broadcast, and I've I've legaled out every imaginable form of television program, everything from major documentaries to South Park, for example. And you're 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 basing your your um, content. Sorry, your the, the when you're um, legaling content on an assessment of risk. Now, let's say that they had heard stories about Jimmy Savile. One person saying Jim and Savile did, did this, did that, isn't enough. You know, they, they are, there are strict Ofcom rules about fairness. Um, very, I mean, I don't think it, it's not fair to blame them. And, you know, what, where were the newspapers around this? Um, so uh, Savile's uh, journey more or less through to death, which I think it was his death, only after that, and of course, you once he's dead, he can't sue for libel. So at that point, you know, it's it's open season. I mean, Rolf Harris. I mean, I'm sure older than any of you, but you know, I grew up watching Rolf Harris on television. I mean, the man was a complete genius. You'd watch as he took out his roller, and you know, ten minutes there'd be some completely random squiggles on this piece of paper and then he'd put one or two at the end and suddenly it was a horse or it was you know the, the man was a much loved 
um, performer. You know, I think people in the, the I mean, I actually met, I met Rolf Harris too. He was a, I had a celebrity client. He was lived over the road from celebrity client. I met him and there was nothing about Rolf Harris. I mean, he was, he was very funny. You know, it was exactly the same to meet him as, as, as he is on, on television an endearing, cuddly sort of safe looking character. Obviously it turns out he was a monster. But I, I don't think you can be too hard on dispatches. I think what you 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 what a better way is to look at well what what has dispatches record been since 1987, and the answer is it's a very honourable record in bringing wickedness out in the, into the public domain. So if you'll forgive me, rather than criticising them for perhaps missing out on this, I I think uh, given the difficulties that I've explained just be grateful that there are programs like Dispatches, Panorama and Watchdog who do bring wrongdoing out into the public domain and, and God bless them. You know, we need more rather than less Dispatches, Panorama and um, Watchdog. They do a great job. So we saw Russell put out his preemptive video on Friday night ahead of this. And the next question is from Anexus, who's wondering, how would you advise Russell to fight this in the media? Would you tell him to keep his mouth shut at this point, lest his own words incriminate himself? Well, I, I, Nexus, I, I, I've kind of answered that question. I hope that, you know, I, I don't think he's going to win in the courts um, if there's a criminal trial and if he's found not guilty then the situation, you know, he can go back and look at his civil remedies, but I still think he's likely to lose. I think I think what Anexus is getting at is in the media. Should he issue a statement to reassure yeah. his followers? Yeah. Well, or would it, that uh, cause more problems for him? It, well, uh, I, I was I was getting to that, Sean. Forgive oh, me, I, 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 don't, I don't mean to be churlish, but the, <laughs> there was in the court, so I started there. Mm, so far you. as the media can say, well, you, you can see where, where he's going. You know, he's, he's got on to... Um, He's gotten to his media and he's got his um, denial in before the publications came out. I imagine that he will go on doing that, protesting his in innocence. I mean, he did a obviously uh, yesterday evening, he did the show. He didn't address the uh, allegations at the time. Um, he, he, there is a limit to the, uh, you, um, you, you, you can go on and on about this, but um, I have advised clients in similar situations. And you know, one of his options may be to, to offer um, a leading newspaper, the mail, or, you know, say, go to the mail and say, these allegations are completely untrue and I'll do an interview with you or go to, um, uh, I don't know, ITV. An offer interview, yeah. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, his only battleground, really viable. The only viable one is is in the media at the moment because I don't think the courts is a viable battleground. Well, that oh. backfired for Prince Andrew, didn't it? It did catastrophically, but he he was he was badly advised to do that. I think, but the, there are no two circumstances the same, Sean. You know, 
I, I'm we're at an hour and seven minutes, and I'm I'm gonna, if I may say, draw a line at some stage. Yeah, but, we really appreciate you spending time yeah, with us. We've, we've it's, only, we've only... It's, it's only it's Sunday night. I'm a devout Christian. This is a rest day for me. Okay. But, and and I'm going to say this, but I'm not going to take questions about it. But I was the one that arranged the uh, BBC and the Sun on Sunday interviews with Philip Schofield. Now, because I'm his lawyer. Now, I thought a great deal before I set those up. Philip is not guilty of the, the well, we, we know what Philip did and didn't do. But it, Philip is a consummate performer. He knows how it works with a television camera. Now, Prince Andrew, first of all, he shouldn't have done it because he's not. But secondly, I, what I can't understand is that if I'd been Prince, if I'd been Princess Prince, Prince Andrew's lawyer, and oddly enough, in the past, I have been his lawyer. I've done work for him in the past, uh, although a long time ago. If he's decided to do that, then I would have hired a good broadcast journalist and I would have got that journalist to blast him with every imaginable question. You know, what 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 is Emily make this like to ask? Right. Let's do that. Then let's feedback. Let's watch it. Is that a crass, absolutely stupid question? Sorry, answer to your question. Yes, it is. Right. Well, you won't answer that a second time in the same way. So the, the, being cross-examined by an excellent journalist like, like Emily Maitlis, who did a fantastic job, you, it's, it's um, a, a, an expert against an amateur. You know, a good journalist is going to take you apart. And unless you've got a huge B, unless you're, you're trained to sort of even up the, even up the, um, give yourself a reasonable chance of not coming out. I mean, to say, as he did, he said, well, on balance, it was probably a good thing that I met this guy because um, I forgot his name. What was his name, Sean? The the, the guy who was... Jeffrey. The... Jeffrey. The, there was his surname. What was his surname? Jeffrey. The guy Epstein. who was... Epstein. Thank you. Uh, you know, he... he... Andrew said, you know, to Cameron, no, on balance, it was a good thing that I spoke to Jeffrey Epstein because this and this following. No, for goodness sake, no. You know, it's the media equivalent of buying a large caliber revolver and emptying it into your foot. Don't do that. So if he'd been my client, I would have, you know, if he'd answered that in the trial interview, I'd said, if you say that on screen, I'm going to buy a revolver. I'm going to shoot you dead because it is the stupidest possible thing to say. So I, and it may be, and I don't want to criticise his media advisors, but it may be that his media advisor said, you must not do this unless you've done a trial run. And if he ignored that advice, that advice, then he really is his own worst enemy. If he wasn't given that advice, then he was let down. Jonathan, we really appreciate you spending time with us. Viewers, thanks for all the questions. I know we've only answered a fraction of them. Put a one in the chat if you'd like to see Jonathan come back on. If he's got more time in the future, put a two in the chat if you would rather not. And we will see what we can coordinate. Jonathan's website link is at the top of the description box. 
So please go down, check out what he's doing and support his work. And huge thank you for coming on. It's been absolutely fascinating. And you're, you're getting loads of ones. You're getting loads of ones in the chat, so they're voting for you to come back on if at some time, if that's possible. Well, Sean, thank you very much for having me, and oh, uh, thank you guys for your questions. Um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. So God bless and good night. You too. God bless. Good night. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks again, and thanks.